Hello and welcome everyone to this EPP Group podcast here in the European Parliament on disinformation. We've done a few of these already, and this one is on social networks. It's the fight against disinformation on social networks. Uh, fake news versus real news. How have they and how are they disrupting elections this year and past elections as well? How are they disrupting the fight against the COVID pandemic? Uh, those are two major issues, and there are plenty more as well. There's, there's a new EU report that says Russia and China using state-controlled media as well as proxy media outlets and social media, quote, follow a zero-sum game logic and is combined with disinformation and manipulation efforts to undermine trust in Western-made vaccines. And it cites 100 Russian examples alone uh, this year. So here to talk about it is in the studio here with me is Sabina Verheyen. You're a German MEP, the chairperson of the Education Culture Committee, and you're on the Special Committee on Disinformation, uh, and you're in the intergroup on children's rights. Uh, Vlado Bilcik. Vlado, welcome. You are Slovak MEP, also on that Special Committee on Disinformation, and you're on the Libe Committee, Civil Liberties and Home uh, justice and home affairs. Uh, and uh, joining us uh, by uh, remotely is Juliana von Rippert Bismarck. You are the CEO of LieDetectors.org. It's a great organization that goes into classrooms with journalists to sensitize youth, youth about critical thinking. It's uh, now adapted, of course, uh, because of COVID as distance learning online with journalists. And um, and I also should mention that, Juliana, you, you come from um, uh, you used to be at the Wall Street Journal, uh, Spiegel Online, Reuters, Newsweek, so you know all about the sort of uh, reliable media, as I was with Associated Press and others, and CNN and, uh, and uh, Bloomberg TV and, and Euronews now. So we know about this, and, and, and being part of those, that news media, we are attacked as fake news. It, that, that doesn't help. Uh, that does you know, undermine um, the, this effort to inform the public. Uh, can you tell us maybe a horror story or two about what these platforms do, these social networking platforms do um, to disinform people? Perhaps not intentionally, but they do. So first of all, thank you so much for the invitation. Um, and as for your question, Chris, um, look, when we go into classrooms, we have children these days lining up and speaking into the video conferencing uh, microphone and asking things like, is it true that um, the coronavirus was made on purpose in a lab and let out on purpose? Is it true that wearing a mask actually is riskier than not wearing a mask? And will I have um, Bill Gates um, monitoring me after I'm vaccinated? Yeah. So these are real um, concerns that people have. And when we ask the children and we work with children age 10 to 15, who are extremely active online um, and very intuitively online. They're not on Facebook. They're not on Twitter. They're not on these text-based um, platforms that we know of and that can be moderated. They're deep in the digital living room, as Mark Zuckerberg himself has called it. They are in the encrypted places that are highly private, that cannot be infiltrated by content moderators. They are uh, inform themselves in a very visual way yeah. um, through video um, apps and, uh, and 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 photo-based apps like Instagram, um, YouTube, etc. Um, and so, therefore, the idea that we can delete our way out of this problem by employing a lot of fact-checkers who sit and work for these um, platforms um, and just press delete yeah. um, is, uh, you know, it's it's uh, it's illusory. This is not going to happen. We need to, in fact. Um, 
equip every citizen while we're waiting, while we're working on important regulation, at the same time not waste time and equip the citizens to be their own fact checkers. Um, there are tools out there. It's not uh, you know rocket science half the time. Um, and the more people know that they have their own tools at hand, the more empowered they will feel so, and the more willing they will be so to tackle how, it. In the classroom then, how do you persuade them, look, you need to also look at responsible media. How do you persuade them of that? Well, it, you know, it can be very difficult, but I have to say that the coronavirus has made this topic extremely interesting. It has made it more relevant than it has ever been. If there were teenagers who used to say perhaps that, you know, disinformation propaganda, those were adult themes that didn't concern them. These days, everybody wants to know whether something is true or false. Um, and to really tell them that this, it's worth um, seeing the difference between an opinion, between a fact, between a fiction, um, is now really um, something that they listen to. Um, they are willing. They are also very interested in doing this kind of lateral um, uh, reading and actually checking sources online. They don't do it very much at school. They're not often um, encouraged to do it at school, at least not in the age group that we work with. But it's something that when you let them do it, they really relish it. That's this, good. this lateral you, thinking, multi-source checking. I think the important thing is to pique their curiosity and, and, and their criticism, their skepticism about uh, where the news is coming in, how they're getting their, their news. Now, there is an EU action plan that's been in effect since 2018 with a code of practice, a rapid alert system, but the European Commission itself is considering how to fix it. It's uh, apparently, uh, it's not uh, being uh, applied as it should be uh, in general. Uh, the, there's a lack of independent oversight. That's another criticism. Vlado, what, what's your critique of that and how can we make it better? How do we fix it? This action plan. Well, I think there is, and it's just just not my critique. Um, um, it it doesn't work sufficiently. It's it's insufficient, uh, um, and and I think there is a growing consensus uh, in this house, uh, but also uh, in the European Commission. Uh, we need real regulation. Uh, Self-regulation doesn't work because uh, I mean the, the the problem is that the uh, social networks, uh, the the social platforms, they're a bit like a black box. Mm. They only give you uh, what they want to give you in terms of the information, in terms of uh, the ways they confront uh, the problem of uh, this manipulative disinformation. Right. And that's insufficient. The other problem is, of course, uh, also with the tools that we have at the moment in the code of practice, such as fact-checking. Um, right. um, uh, we, we are kind of catching the problem by the tail. Uh, you know, we, we're trying to deal with this information once it's out there, to identify it, to, to, to take it down. And uh, given uh, the, the vastness of the online space, uh, and, and I agree with uh, Juliana, this is never going to work. So we need to think of preventive measures. We need to think of uh, how we scale down the overall spread of uh, this problematic uh, mm -hmm. and, and really harmful content and harmful disinformation, which can really cost lives and, and, and health of the people, as we've seen in this pandemic. Um, so mm -hmm. uh, I, I believe that the self-regulation uh, has uh, proven to be insufficient have, and this is why we're we discussing ways to, to regulate. We need teeth but but isn't it also a question of the speed of the information how quickly it moves how how it spreads so fast it's almost like it spreads so fast that, that we're almost running after it like Keystone Cops in a, in a comedy movie no? Yeah I think uh, what's very important is also that we reduce the 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 the, 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 the number and also the time uh, where content is spread because sometimes it's, it's uh, on the run already throughout the net uh, before we can detect if it's, if it's harmful or if it's true or if it's uh, illegal or legal 
uh, and uh, that's the problem we have. Uh, remember the pictures uh, of terroristic content, uh, mm. uh, cutting heads uh, that were running throughout the net before we could we could fix it. Well, now we have this one-hour rule, right? Yes. To, to now we have this one-hour rule, and after the, we make rules, it works yeah. better. It's okay. not it's not perfect, but uh, we have to do more, and that's the reason why I absolutely agree that uh, self-regulation is not enough. Uh, mm. That we need really a framework of regulation, uh, uh, how to deal with uh, such kind of content. What's also very important, I think, is to make more transparent where content does come from, so that people are really able, and that is what also Juliana said, uh, uh, young people, but also all the people have been uh, have to be able to 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 see which source is behind. Mm. Where does an mm -hmm. information come from? Yeah. Uh, is it a trustable source or non-trustable source? And uh, uh, because we cannot take out all the content when we want to, uh, um, uh, which might be harmful when we want to protect also our fundamental values of freedom of speech and freedom of opinion. Uh, you cannot take out everything that might not be in, in the sense you, you like it. Mm -hmm, and right. uh, that's not what we want. And uh, that's the reason why we need uh, clear rules in the kind of code of conduct as, as a guideline. Perhaps also uh, existing structures can help to set up uh, uh, such rules. But uh, I think it is important to reduce uh, the spread of the content uh, uh, from the beginning. Juliana, can you tell me, are there exam good examples of national legislation or practice, where is it working and where could we maybe use that um, EU-wide? Um, okay, so first of all, I agree with what Sabina was saying just now that, um, you know, um, we need to really use the regulatory um, uh, um, processes that are currently happening in the EU. Um, we can use what we know from um, the individual EU member states, but let's not forget that we're up against a very powerful and very lucrative um, um, machine here. Disinformation, you know, it, behind it are motivations such as money and power, and to disrupt that, it's going to take all the combined might of the European institutions representing all the member states. One member state cannot do this alone. Um, we do need to get their, um, their input, um, but let's not forget that the European um, institutions have got very powerful tools at their hands that they can put in place For without instance. ever straying into yep. like the region of censorship. You know, we have antitrust, we have e-privacy, we have all sorts of regulatory tools, um, and now's the time really to apply them in a really holistic um, and coordinated fashion. Okay, but how do you avoid making it look like you have a ministry of truth? How do you avoid that image? Well, and this is so much what um, the in European institutions are concerned about and should be concerned about, which is, again, why fact-checking is the wrong way to be going about it. We have a very bloodless tool in the European Union called competition law. Um, you know, what we need to really be doing is we need to be measuring, we need to be applying new and existing competition tools in order to measure the connection between um, the advertising revenue business model of these very large platforms, mm. otherwise known as micro-targeting, and um, the dissemination of disinformation. We need to really be breaking um, the business model that's behind the outrage economy. That's where we've got to be focusing. We need to be following the money rather than trying to censor uh, mm. what people are posting individually online. Vlado, you wanted to add to that, I think. Uh, um, absolutely. I think we have a legislative opportunity to regulate right now, and legislative opportunities on the table. We have a Digital Services Act. We also have Digital Market Act That's already right. in the pipeline. Um, and so we're not uh, coming at this out of the blue. Uh, we, we actually are discussing European legislation. I agree the only way to tackle this information in a meaningful way is through uh, an EU-wide legislative approach, uh, because that's what gives 
gives us the power, the teeth, uh, and also the institutions uh, to be consequential in terms of any rules we may, we may adopt. A small member state may adopt rules, but they'll never be uh, meaningful when it comes to the big global platforms. Okay. That's why we need EU action. Okay. And but what about a situation where there are governments, perhaps I won't name any names, but there are governments in, in, in the EU um, who are uh, exerting uh, a lot of control over their news media. And when you reach, when you get to this situation where, you know, at the EU level, you'll say, well, that's disinformation. But the, the government, the member state says, no, it's not. Look, How do you deal with that? I, I think the fight against disinformation um, is several fold. One is uh, regulating the spread the intensity, the speed with which uh, it, it uh, kind of uh, uh, travels on uh, the social platforms. Uh, I think this is the preventive approach I'm talking about mm. because the studies uh, show that uh, uh, harmful disinformation, which may not be legal, but it's very harmful, uh, spreads on average uh, six, seven times faster than mm. relevant, uh, credible uh, uh, quality journalism or uh, quality media information, which, which is in the online space. We need to give the truth a fair chance online. And, okay. and this is not what's happening. We, I, I think we need a form of affirmative action uh, okay. in a sense. That's, that's, that's so, one part of it. But the media question you're yeah. asking about, that has to do with the fact that we also need to invest a lot more uh, in uh, quality public broadcasters and we need to protect uh, the quality public media. We have a huge problem with this uh, in Central Europe, for instance. I will start with my own country, Slovakia, okay. not to name and shame anybody else. But of course, we have other countries as well. And I think we need to do a lot more work here because we've seen that when it comes to the quality of media, um, and, uh, and uh, the freedom of media and independence of media houses uh, across Europe, mm -hmm. uh, uh, you know, uh, all of Europe is, is, is having an increasing problem here. So, yeah. so I think this information is online is, is one aspect, but we need to really tackle the independence and the freedom of the media across the European Union as well. And I think here we also need important EU action, uh, also legal action, anti-slap legislation, for instance, yeah. and much greater support when it comes to uh, media houses and, and, and public broadcasting. Because it can get to an extreme case where there's violence caused by this disinformation, right? That's, that's a danger. We saw it in the U.S. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, storming the Capitol. Um, there's, there, there's another aspect I'd like to look at is, is artificial intelligence, yeah. which can cut both ways. It can help us and it can hurt us. I, see, I saw there was an e, a, a resolution here in the parliament uh, approved by your culture committee uh, that uh, addresses, that calls on the EU to address the misuse of AI to disseminate fake news and disinformation. Can you tell us about that? Yeah, what, what we did, we also had a report in the cult committee on artificial intelligence and the impact on education and culture and also on media. Yeah. Uh, I think uh, it can be a good thing on the one hand to detect things, to, to help to analyze. Uh, it also can help in fact-checking and all these things uh, because you, can, you work with a huge uh, amount of, of, of data and information and you can uh, really uh, work with artificial intelligence tools to, to, to make the situation better. But it also helps in the micro-targeting issues uh, to send a special kind of information explicitly ah. to uh, several people. And that is a danger. On the one hand, mm -hmm. it's, it's good if you want to make uh, targeted advertising and so on. That's, that's yeah. economically useful. But it also can be misused for uh, 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 leading information directly to a special uh, vulnerable 
vulnerable group or to mm. people who might be uh, affected by, by something. And, and, and that is uh, uh, also very difficult. Mm -hmm. uh, so uh, not in general say uh, no to artificial intelligence in that sector, but right. really to take a, a very clear look uh, where it is useful and where are the challenges uh, which we have to face. Yeah. But uh, I would like to come back on one point on the, on the, on the media question you raised. Okay. We did already in the uh, uh, AVMS, uh, some regulatory uh, work AVMS on the, is uh, the Audiovisual Media Services okay. Directive uh, that was decided here in the House uh, at the end of the last legislative period. And it's now in the implementing phase in the member states. And there we have clear obligations for the independence of media regulatory boards in the member states and re media regulatory authorities. The question is, do the member states that are uh, in danger of not having really free and independent public mm -hmm. broadcasters, um, do they implement the directive in the right way? And there the Commission uh, has tools uh, with uh, uh, the, the, the legislative possibilities they have if uh, legislation is not implemented in the right way and not correctly. So uh, in the Article 7 procedures, that can also be part of that, that they don't fulfill the treaties and you the can... obligations out of legislation that is to be implemented and is existing. So you can use that as a basis to for Article 7? If, yeah. In an extreme case, obviously, in extreme which cases, would bar the country it, yeah, from but, voting but, rights. But for those, in those the countries, EU. we already have Article Seven procedures. Yes, we do, yeah. and that are arguments you can you can also put in. It's 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 a lot uh -huh, of that because right. uh, I think independent media and independent information and media pluralism, and that is what we have also in the democracy and media uh, action plan uh, that is planned. Uh, 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 that uh, media pluralism, uh, diverse uh, range of information is cr uh, cr uh, uh, crucial for a functioning democracy. Juliana, let me, I wanted to ask you before we get too far away from artificial intelligence, what's your opinion? I mean, it does cut, cut both ways, uh, but you're talking about tools. Is that an effective tool to combat disinformation? Um, so, you know, the, the problem with, um, with the algorithms is that they create silos, and this is why media literacy is so important. While we're talking about okay. regulation, that's extremely important. It's going to take a really long time to push through. We're talking about an agenda that's going to take years um, to actually to take hold and have results. In the meantime, um, what we really need to have, especially in countries where, you know, there are issues with um, media freedom and media pluralism, is an understanding among the population of um, the fact that they might be caught in a silo um, when they're navigating online. And that mm. silo is, is dictated by the algorithm. That silo is very often engineered um, to, to really push us into areas where we will express ourselves in terms of uh, being outraged, fearful, um, angry. Um, and once um, the algorithms um, have, have pushed us into those kind of um, parts of the internet where we're engaging, it's very difficult for a fact checker to come along and reason with us um, because mm. we've already made up our minds. Um, and so I think that, you know, there, there are cognitive psychologists who do say that um, when an online user is aware that they might be trapped in a silo and they're aware of this, then yeah. they are much more able to um, resist um, this, uh, the, the temptation to engage. Now, couldn't, couldn't artificial intelligence help us more in this, with this rapid alert system that maybe it can be more effective and, and, and quicker to take action? 
Look, of course, there are ways um, that AI can help. Um, it's just that at the moment, the AI, the, you know, the algorithms are configured in a way to um, generate uh, profits for very large um, companies that are extremely sure. powerful and that are reporting to their shareholders. Um, so, you know, there's the problem. Yes, of course, something can be done. Um, mm. And it is a time to really ensure that something will be done. Uh, Vlado, I want to I want to turn to foreign policy, but did you want to add any more about that? About using well, I think uh, artificial tools? intelligence is 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 an important tool, and we need to use it. Mm. But again, uh, what Yulana is saying, uh, uh, the 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 social uh, platforms at the moment are these big black boxes, and they only uncover as much as we push them to uncover. Mm -hmm. uh, Self-regulation, that's why, is not enough, uh, because yes. through the code of uh, practice, they've given us only as much information as, as, as they want to. And this goes for the use of artificial intelligence. It also goes for uh, fact-checking, fact-checking, for instance, in, in different languages, mm -hmm. um, um, and, and, and the algorithms, which, which are the key, because they really are about uh, the, the speed with which also this problematic harmful content spreads online and this is all in the hands this is part of the power of uh, the global uh, online giants um, and and uh, I think through the European regulation we need we need to find a meaningful way where we protect the public interest in this you know and right. I understand that information highway in in many respects uh, is is great uh, and revolutionary yeah, but we at the dreamed same about time it 20 years ago it's yeah. it's it's also uh, brought a lot of harm uh, to our societies our democracy sure. and this is where we need to protect the public interest and so we need a lot more transparency for, from, from uh, these, these platforms. And, and the only way we can get it right now is through uh, really setting up uh, real rules at the European level. Okay. Uh, let me move on to foreign policy. What do we do? We, we mentioned uh, about uh, China and Russia. What do we do about that? How do we deal with China and Russia and try to combat that disinformation? Or can think, we? Uh, it's, look, this information is, is one of the tools that both China and Russia and other actors uh, have been using uh, when it comes to their attempt to be confrontational with Europe, uh, uh, to try to undermine um, in a systematic way. Uh, this is what Russia has been doing for a number of years, uh, our democracies from within to weaken us. Especially um, where there are Russian-speaking populations in Eastern Europe. Right? Russian-speaking population Baltics. is one part of it, but also, um, you know, it's 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 the old uh, method of, of, of trying to ingrain um, a, 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 um, a substantial doubt among the population. You know, use uh, uh, the Sputnik V vaccine for political reasons. It's mm. a vaccine that's hardly being used anywhere in Europe for vaccine nation but we spend so much time talking about it um, and um, and in my country in Slovakia it's led to a fall of a government yes that's right um, so um, and this is precisely what Russia wants Russia wants weak democracies yeah and 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 this is why we need to take uh, the fight against disinformation as an important and integral part of, of our strategy mm. towards Russia and towards China yep okay um, let me continue on with that a bit uh, with with the elections coming up this year how do we face off with that and and we do talk about how this is a long-term battle right as far as education uh, amending regulations imposing regulations but we need to act now as far as that goes uh, on the foreign policy level and and on an eu level because we got elections in germany austria the czech republic bulgaria cyprus this year alone yeah. how do we fight it now, how do we do that now? Let, let me go to Yulana, Yuliana first. 
Well, I think we were talking about this just before um, we were here and um, somebody said very intelligently, education, 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 which is what Tony Blair said so many years ago. Um, look, we're not going to be able to stop, um, you know, foreign powers trying to do things, but we can equip our citizens. We can also prop up, you know, we can prop up our education ministries. We can prop up Erasmus Plus. We can prop up um, in e-twinning. We can prop up the OECD, which itself is now um, really working on this idea of integrating mm. critical thinking as one of the core literacies um, and skills um, according to which um, schools should be ranked and once we introduce incentives like that we can actually reach an awful lot there are solutions that we can get we can day by day we can be um, training the critical thinking muscle of the yep. European population um, and that's something we can do right now and it's actually not very difficult to do. Yeah. Sabina being you know the the chair of the culture and education committee what what can what, what are some quick wins we can do this year so that elections aren't hijacked as they were in the past? First, uh, for the young generation, I think it, it's really the question, education, education, education. And I think schools are doing a lot in this, especially especially when it comes to media skills. They are discussing with young people, also educating them how uh, they find out which uh, sources are trustable, which are not. Um, but uh, it's not just the young generation. No, we it's have not. a There's huge population, <laughs> also elderly people, who yeah. are still on Facebook, who are still on Instagram, that yeah. just the young people change to other rooms and they are influenced by these things. For me, it's important first uh, to uh, take a look on uh, the technologies that are behind uh, these information or um, let's say Im uh, influence strategies uh, by foreign forces, uh, the bots, uh, the, the, the troll plants mm -hmm. uh, and to interrupt these ways of communication. I think that's a very important step. To, and that is a question of transparency. Yeah. Also to verify is a real person behind an information that is set up in the internet on a page on a on on a, on a link that is that is uh, spread on what, the net what about what about the chance that uh, the social networks will deal will seek a way to avoid more regulation by dealing with you directly dealing with the EU in some way to fight disinformation before there's regulation do you see any willingness there? Uh, they are doing a lot at the moment, uh, uh, but they, uh, if it's really in the consequence what we want is the big question. Yeah. They are trying to show, oh, we can do that without yeah. regulation. Yeah. That, that's, that's always on the run. In each discussion I had in the last months, uh -huh. uh, it was always shown what they are already doing. But so taking there's... a look, for example, to Germany, yeah. there we have the Netzdurchsetzungsgesetz. Mm -hmm. yep. It's a legislation especially for, for such things to, to, to force... Uh, uh, um, uh, platforms to do more okay. than they did from 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 their own uh, uh, opinion, but right. um, I think it is important that we uh, uh, are really clear in our positioning. We need regulation. It's not enough to set on the self-regulation because it's always the standard of a company that counts in the end, mm -hmm. and it's not the standard we are setting as a democracy uh, with a democratic legitimation. So you're, you're both on this disinformation committee. That in itself, I think, uh, sends a message. That committee sends a message to the industry, to, to the social networks, that, that they have to do something. You've got this, and with this talk about, more reg, about regulation, that is sort of a sort of Damocles hanging over their heads. They've got to do something to cooperate. Are you sensing a, a willingness to cooperate on their part? I think this is a very topical question and just this week in our committee we had uh, uh, representatives of some of the major global uh, social platforms uh, who've uh, come uh, to speak to us uh, to answer our questions in a hearing 
And uh, I'm sensing that just like we are moving in this institution, in the Commission, they're also understanding, um, and actually they say now quite openly, explicitly, we do need regulation. Uh, so I think the debate is moving. I think, uh, the, the, of course, the devil will be in the detail. Uh, we yep. need a regulation which is just not going to pay lip service uh, to the problem which we are facing. That's the uh, uh, spread of, of manipulative, harmful disinformation, but it's, it's actually going to uh, resolve the problem in a meaningful way. This is, this is the, the fight which is, which is now on, and, and I think we need to really push it. I got, I got one last thing. I'd like to uh, mention a quote at the end of some of these, uh, of some of these podcasts, and one is... Uh, from Lady Gaga, and she says, I'm telling you a lie in a vicious effort that you will repeat my lie over and over until it becomes true. Now, of course, she said that in all irony, and, and she, among other you know, pop uh, culture victims, uh, culture uh, figures, are victims. Uh, Juliana, do you see a way, an avenue to reach out to, to younger people uh, through pop figures like her? We really need to make sure that uh, that people feel empowered, that we give them tools, you know, when somebody like Lady Gaga makes a joke, a joke can be misinterpreted as a, um, you know, as a, as a fact. And, you know, very often that's the problem. These things um, circulate uh, first uh, jokingly and in the end, um, you know, with bitter, bitter seriousness. Um, I want to say one very brief thing about what the platforms can do right now. They can introduce friction. They can slow things down and that can be done quite quickly. Um, um, and we have to really really be careful about, you know, if you're talking about influencers, let's not forget um, how influential some of these big players are. We have to be really, really careful of mm. um, big, big um, um, corporate players who are, um, you know, um, steering the direction of this debate um, by exerting increasing influence um, and, and lobbying very, very, in a very sophisticated way. Something to watch out for. Sabina, any, any idea about how pop culture figures of being on the culture, heading the culture committee, that, that culture can help to fight disinformation? Yes, uh, they can do in raising awareness, in yeah. uh, giving examples, and uh, uh, also uh, uh, making it easier for young people, but also for all people to adapt to the, to the issue as such, uh, to discuss this. To, uh, but the, the, the main thing, I think, is that they can raise awareness and uh, that they can help to communicate about the problem so uh, that people are more aware to take care which kind of information is trustable or not. They will not be able to solve the problem as such, but they can help us to, to communicate about uh, uh, these things. Vlado, just a final word. Um, uh, it's, I, it's, you, sound, you sound optimistic that maybe things are moving, right? Um, I, I believe in change. I mean, that's why I'm in politics. So, you know, I, I, we have to persevere. It's not going to be easy. But, but I'm, I'm optimistic we can make, uh, make a difference in coming months and coming years um, as legislators. But I agree that uh, the, the culture figures can make a difference. But mm. I also think, you know, I have a 14-year-old son. Okay. And he's, he's on YouTube. He's on this, on this visual media. And, and one of the things that I have realized in, in, in recent uh, years is that, um, you know, I'm, I'm also watching all these things with him. And we talk about them. Mm, so I think one of the things we can, we can think about is that everybody can make a difference. We just need to break out of our own bubbles mm -hmm. and try to understand, you know, our kids or even our grandparents and, and try to see how we can interact with them through the media uh, in, in which uh, they are most active and, and, and really also fight this information and the harmful content also through these little steps in our surroundings. Lie detectors, yes, you can and should do this in your own home. <laughs> I think that's a good wrap up. Juliana, thank you so much. Uh, Sabina as well. And Vlado, thanks for being thank with you. us. 
uh, on this EPP Group podcast, on this information, and we'll see you very soon.